My worry is pod fade, but not because of a lack of uh, desire driver initiative on my part. It just the grind of being able to continually source people and keep up with the schedule that I want to. That part scares me. Hello and welcome to the Podcast Owner's Manual, your handy reference guide to taking care of your podcast and yourself. My name is Mark, I am your podcast producer, consultant and coach, and this week I'm chatting with Daniel Lin. Um, He is right at the beginning of his podcast journey, and he wants to know about uh, scheduling and frequency of episodes and how to get lots of guests quickly. He's got the time to dedicate to it, but the question is where can you find enough people en masse? He wants to make three episodes a week. So I started the conversation by asking him, yeah, but why though? Personally, for me, it works with my schedule. I'm doing the stay-at-home dad thing right now. My wife and I just took in a 13-year-old. I'm in college, but aside from that, I have the freedom of time to do that. Um, So I'm toying with a couple of different possibilities as far as scheduling like i could do three recordings twice a week um, and the editing is not too not too in-depth because it's just a one-on-one kind of conversation so if i can start with three a week i'm willing to start smaller and work my way to that um but that is aim high and settle happy is my methodology. Are you in this system, in, in these sort of, uh, are you allowed to reuse guests? That's my question. I, I'm going to allow myself to reuse guests, particularly if the conversation is, because I want to try and keep it between the like 35 to 50 minutes, a little bit under an hour. So fully edited, I can have not more than an hour. I don't want to take people's whole day up, but I've recorded two already and I actually have had to edit them down smaller than an hour, which was easy enough because I'm new to this. There's a fair amount of ums and pauses that can be shortened. But if the conversation is going on and like, I have to find a way to, this is running a little long. Let's kind of, you know, we'll try and wrap it up. But if it's organically continuing to go on, then I would definitely want to have that person back on because the conversation flows well, which makes for better media. Um, so we haven't talked about the show itself. So I'm still working with the title, but I kind of like it. I want to call it an opposition theory. The general point is it's turning the, I'm sure you've seen the internet and the memes of, I think this thing that is potentially bullshit to a lot of people come change my mind. And I'm coming from an opposite perspective of that, of you probably think something convince me, come sell me your opinion in the context of a candid, friendly, respectful, dignified conversation and back and forth, the purpose of which is simply to, I want to find common ground in disagreement. I think the world needs more of that, and I'm be very bold and try and be the person to inspire it. I love it. I was recently on a show called Delightful Dissent, which is made by another fellow Brit, who he gets people on to talk about subverting expectations and you know maybe having conversations around the things that well not necessarily expectations but assumptions so challenging assumptions and doing that again in a more respectful uh, kind manner so yes the more of those conversations we have the better that in itself seems to present a bit of a challenge in terms of is your problem 
finding these new people to have the discussion with or is it sort of in the management aspect where is that where's the 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 point of pain for you i'm new to all of it but the thing that i'm initially having the most difficulty with is it is a being able to find and source a consistent stream of i don't want to use intelligent because that is a very subjective term but people who can articulate their position well and also maintain that candid, respectful, open-minded thing. So the difficulty there is how you find that in consistent. Yeah, in, yeah, exactly. And that's where I wonder whether, because the, there's the question there of quality versus quantity. There is no shortage of people who have opinions and have reckons, and that's what social media is built on, certainly Twitter the sort of fast food of social media. I think where the challenge lies is there is a bit of work there in taking... What you need is you need them to self-select because you can't do that selection yourself because you've got this mass group of people that all have opinions about particular topics and your challenge there is not finding the people, it's whittling them down to find the people who can have these conversations and be a little bit chill about it. My my current working strategy is at the start, because this is all very new to me, and I want to try and adopt the method of do something every day and, and particularly try to learn something new every day or get into a new aspect of it every day and just kind of amass all of the skills and hone them very well over a period of a couple months. So I'm keeping the topics very open. In fact, I'm actually requesting people to, if possible, unless it's entertainment worthy, uh, I want to avoid heavy, heavy social concept or concepts such as politics, religion, and that kind of a thing. I've actually started commenting on people's posts in the subreddit Unpopular Opinion. Oh, that's a great start. Um, I actually have a recording with someone from there later tonight. But keep it simple. My my brother-in-law is a co-host of a podcast that's doing fairly well. They've been at it for a while, but they're growing steadily. We argued back and forth. His his opinion that he brought was that telepathy is the de facto best superpower one could have. So we bantered back and forth about that for about about 45 minutes. And that we had a lot of fun doing it. I spoke with another gentleman who I also met on a different subreddit. He just wrote a book, science fiction book, self-published. And his assertion was that AI slash automation will probably bring about bad times. It's a bad thing, not a good thing. He brought the Luddite position, as he called it. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, and, and so I think you're not necessarily looking for people who are, transgressing is the wrong word, but you're not necessarily looking for people who are towing a different line to what is quote-unquote expected. You're just looking for you yourself to be convinced of a particular argument, I guess. Indeed, I would like... The initial concept was I would like to provide a platform for people to come and articulate a position that they have that they are passionate about, be it important position to society or just a simple position that they're passionate about. And at the same time, I provide opposition that allows them to articulate their point. And at some point, we are able to find that common ground within the disagreement. Uh, part of my intro is that agree to disagree is not a conclusion. It's the first It's the first step on common ground, because we agree 
that we disagree. Absolutely. Yes. My friend, uh, a friend of mine years ago helped me put this into, he, he put it into the simple words you have on one side, thesis, on the other side is antithesis, and then in the middle is synthesis. And, and that is where you reach that sort of common ground where you can take both ideas and synthesize them. Um, okay. So I think what my concern was is the opinions needed to be somewhat strident and that doesn't necessarily, or, or somewhat polemic. And that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case. So that's good. Because no, I think uh, that makes your job easier. That's a future idea. Getting to that point where the opinions can have real weight and thus be a little bit more attention gathering. Yeah. I think there's plenty of attention to be gathered in. I'm a big fan of, of subjective questions being discussed objectively. Uh, the podcast We Got This with Mark and Hal does that really well. Uh, they will take big questions like, is a hot dog a sandwich? And they will take that purely subjective question or you know what is the best pizza topping and they will decide what the answer is so i think what what you want to do is you want to find opinions on mass and i think unpopular opinion is a great place to start i think also look at things like because you'll find lots of these are you familiar with ignite or petra kucha i'm not okay so Ignite, so they're short form talks, a little bit like TED, but shorter, much shorter. Um, and anyone can set up a chapter of one of these. Ignite is five minutes. It's it's um, 15 seconds per PowerPoint slide and the slides advance automatically. So you're on stage behind you is a PowerPoint slide or keynote, slide, uh, keynote deck. And th that person's made that deck up themselves on a topic that they love. And that. They say, someone says start, they start their presentation and every 15 seconds the slides advance and in Ignite there are 20 slides and I think in Petra Kucha it's the same format but it's 20 seconds per slide so it's exactly five minute talks. Um, you will find lots of those talks because they anyone can set up if they apply, they can set up to run a Petra Kucha or an Ignite event and I've done I've spoken at Petra Kutcher and I've run Ignite events and they publish all the talks, as many as they can. They, they video them and they put them up on the website. Uh, so you'll be able to find lots of people there. But you can also look for YouTube uh, videos on these and there'll be playlists and stuff as well because like, you'll have one night of talks and you'll have five or six, maybe a few more talks yeah, on that night. So that is a nice way of being able to mine lots of people that you can you know hopefully then find because there, there will be uh, a way to get in touch with each one someone will have their social media profile and stuff and you can hunting them down because that's going to be your big time suck i think is it's finding the people then it's finding their contact details and then getting in touch with them i think once you because I, I think you can find from those people you can get going there because you, then you've got book authors and and to people who give ted talks that kind of stuff you'll always find those kinds of things youtube i'm wondering what things you could type into youtube in order to find enough people that are going to have differing opinions but you know another simple thing is find the podcasts that you enjoy find podcast guests that you enjoy and, and track track those down and start building a list and do you have a sort of a process for how you want to go through these or are you just finding people and then see, seeing how it goes at the moment i have a few schedules and these are people that i know that meet the criteria of the conversation ability It'll be obviously it'll be fun because these are people I know, I love, I care about very much, and we get on very well. And in closing that, I can also help have 
them or request them. If you know anybody who would be interested in having a 30, 45 minute conversation about literally any opinion that they have that they feel like they could articulate well, send them my way or give me their information. I'll contact them. Try to do a bit of a word of mouth and farm from the guests that I have to expand that network. And then I'm uh, retaining the contact information of everybody that I am recording with so that, A, once I do launch, I can send out a newsletter, just letting them know what episode they're going to be, when it's going to air, if they would like to share it with their friends, family, or obviously they would potentially want to share it with their audience if they have one. And that's basically my starting point. I've built a couple websites on Squarespace, so I'm probably going to utilize that later this month once I have the schedule set up and I can just piece that together in an hour or two and put that live at the same time as everything launches. My worry is pod fade, but not because of a lack of uh, desire driver initiative on my part. It just the grind of being able to continually source people and keep up with the schedule that I want to. That part scares me. And I had to put my deadline somewhere and I had to make it, I gave it six weeks just because there has to be stakes. I have squirrel syndrome real bad. So I, like, if I don't, if I think about something for more than a month, I move on to something else if I haven't done anything about it. I hear that. Okay. So I want to first off, because if I don't say it, I, I will be, I think I will be remiss. I think... I would really counsel starting off weekly. Record as many as you can and just and keep recording those and keep banking them. Uh, that's what I've done previously. I had a show where I was, it was a weekly show, and certainly at the beginning, I just banked as many recordings as I could, and I got months ahead, and it was great. I was speaking to people in October and saying, yeah, your episode's scheduled for February. Um, and life gets in the way, and before you know it, Something's happened, whether it's Christmas or it's something else. It's the summer and people are out and about. They cancelled and whatever. You will get into this mindset. And, and oddly enough, there's a podcasting expert called Evo Terra who recently published an episode about this, how you can never actually get ahead. Because what happens is you see that lead and you go, great, I'm so many episodes ahead. I can take my foot off the gas. You take your foot off the gas. And then before you know it, you've lost your lead. I would really look at starting by releasing weekly because then it will give you that breathing space. You can keep up the pace. And, and if it's about spending time making uh, the show, spending time on the show, that you've got that time available, you can put that time into other things. You can put that time into finding great guests, into promoting the show, all that kind of stuff, rather than necessarily recording every sort of all the time in order to meet that deadline. I think if if we take the hardest part is finding the guests and doing that initial approach then i think the next thing in order for you to hit any kind of deadline that is useful and keeps that dreaded pod fade at bay then i like to use processes as much as possible and um the key here is that initial outreach to that guest needs to be as personal as possible the re once you've made that outreach and they, they you've built up a little bit of that trust and they feel like you can have this respectful conversation the rest of it can be somewhat on rails and so the way i like to do that is i have a, a formula that I, I always use and recommend in my emails which is especially good for busy people so as you start to move up the chain if you like of people who you're going to contact 
you can use this formula and it, it goes hello very quickly i'd like you to be on my podcast where we talk about these particularly not necessarily controversial topics but you know nice and succinct description of, of the podcast i'd love you to be on the show if that sounds of interest to you, you you know you can reply but what you then do is give more detail uh, and more context as to how you know about this person why you know about the person why you think they'd be a good fit for the podcast so what you're doing there is straight away you're giving them that option if they are a busy person if they're thinking i haven't got time to look at this now you've you've done the ask straight away and i, I tend to think people will thank you for that but then you can go into more detail and say yeah, I, I watched your talk or I listened to that episode that you did and I'd love you to to come on and we can talk about this thing and then you can let them know how you record episodes and stuff. To get that in as a template, make that nice and easy to Mad Lib style, just fill in a couple of bits there. Even though it's a template, it still shows that personal approach. It still shows that you've taken the time and care and attention to reach out to them specifically rather than just, you know, shot, uh, uh, machine gunned a bunch of people. Once they're in there, then I would look at a tool like Calendly or Harmonizely or there's a plenty of other of these tools where it syncs with your calendar. They can book a time to record that is convenient. Then that goes straight onto your calendar straight away, done. And what you can also do as part of that process is, as you've done with when you've booked onto this show, is you get a form that you can fill in with uh, important information. So you can't be expected to keep all of these things in your head of all of the future guests that you've got coming up. So you can ask, what's, what is the topic that you want to talk about? What are any social media handles that you have? What do you, you know, is there anything you want to plug? Is there anything you don't want to talk about? All these different things. Are you comfortable to be on video, for example? You can ask all of these questions in that form that they fill in, and then you've got all of that information at your disposal. Then a tool like Zapier, you can take that into a Google uh, spreadsheet or a Trello board. I've used both. I, I use Notion now as well. Notion is also an option. It's slightly trickier, but it'll work. And then you can track the progress of each guest. So you can have that sort of Trello board, Kanban board style. Each guest is their own card. As they move along the process, once they've, they're booked, you can move their card along. Once they're recorded, you move it along. And so you can really start to see straight away you know, where you are. And if you've got a bottleneck coming up, you can start to identify that. So develop some sort of a personalized, uh, approach for, uh, recruiting. And yeah. then what was it? Some sort of an interactive scheduling app that's trackable. Yeah. The pieces are email or, you know, contact form. However, you can get in touch with them on their, on their website or their Twitter, you know, LinkedIn, whatever it is, send them a link to a tool like Calendly where they can book um, their recording time with you and you can specify, you know, what times are available. And then yeah, in that form that they fill in, when you're setting it up in Calendly, you can say, these are the questions that I need to know as, as the host of the podcast. And then once you've got that information, you can put that into Google Docs or, or Trello or something like that so that you can then see as you're gathering all of these different people, you can then actually start to manage that process a little bit easier. Yeah, that that sounds very intuitive and kind of like a doy. Um, <laughs> it, it does. It sounds like a very common sense approach. And these these apps will just interface with Google Calendar, but they provide more features, right? Yeah, absolutely. Calendly is basically solving the problem of, are you free today? Are you free at three o'clock? No, I'm not free, but I am free at four o'clock. No, I've got a meeting at four o'clock. It takes all of that stuff out. So when you are looking at uh, people on mass, 
you can make the robots figure that out. And if the person that you're uh, talking with, if they've got Google Calendar, I don't know if they have to have a Calendly account, but if they use Google, it will show them if they're busy on a particular time. It, it, it's only going to pick the times that you as the host are available, but they, them as the guest, when they're looking, they can actually see it offset against their calendar so that they can very quickly, easily see, oh yeah, I'm free. That slot, I can pick that slot, done. And then they can go into to answer you know questions about the about the podcast for you so now that's a feature that's super super useful because it'll interact with it'll interact with my if i were to use it which i did but it would actually interact with my calendar and show me if there's times that interfere with stuff i already have on my calendar yeah it just it won't show them up as any anything that you've got booked on your calendar calendly will not allow someone to book that time so you won't get double booked that's brilliant. Yeah. It's wonderful for uh, if you've got a podcast where you need lots of guests because it just makes that process a lot easier. So for this show, I built a process which is, it didn't work today as, a, as I had to email you, but the uh, idea is it goes from Calendly using Zapier. Are you familiar with Zapier? I'm not. Okay. So Zapier is a tool. You can do a quite amount for uh, quite, quite a bit for free, but there are some paid uh, options. And what it basically does is it just connects websites together. Uh, so you can say when something happens on this website, go and do something else on this website or run this thing. So you can, for example, say when I get a booking on Calendly, put that information into a Google doc or put that as a new card on Trello or send me an email or whatever. So you can get Zapier to go and do a thing when something else happens. So when someone books. So it, the, the process, as it should have worked today for us, is there's a multi-step process where if someone books uh, a recording of what's your problem, Calendly tells Zapier. So Zapier goes, oh, someone's just booked on Mark's calendar. Zapier will then go through a number of steps to set up a new call in Squadcast, which is the recording app that we're using. So it will set up a new session in Squadcast, and it will it's supposed to email you a link to the Squadcast call so that you've got it, but it will go directly into my calendar and it will do some other stuff as well. Like you talked about wanting people's contact details, you can also do that. So with Zapier in the, the same flow, you can say, once someone's booked onto my calendar and I've added them into a Google spreadsheet, also add them over here to my list of contacts or whatever, or to my CRM. There's those kinds of options. Most of this you can do completely for free. It's just a matter of, you'll you'll see once you log into Zapier, how you can connect these app, uh, uh, apps up. You just search for Calendly and it will show you what your options are. It's wonderful. Fantastic. <laughs> that, that, that also, because I'm doing it the old fashioned way. I've, I have Google Calendar, yep. it's connected to my email. And like when I... I, I used, I'm using Zoom to record mm -hmm. at the moment. The, the fidelity is not the greatest, but I can but record. But it gets you going. Yeah, yeah, and I can record video. Haven't done video yet, future thing. And the ability to record local audio on both sides is also real beneficial. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, and Calendly will set up a, uh, a Zoom event for you anyway without you having to do anything else, which is really beneficial. I use, that's, a, that's an absolute godsend for me, is that whenever anyone wants to book a, a chat with me for work or for, for whatever, I can send them to Calendly, they book on, the Zoom event gets set up, it's emailed to them, it's put on my calendar, I've got the link to the event, done. No one's going back and forth asking, you know, any questions, and it's great. So it'll just do the setup for you. You can program it for that. Yeah. I'm not sure if you need a paid account in order to do that with Zoom, but for what you're doing, it's 
probably worth the time that you'll make, I would imagine, because of the scale that you want to work out. I think it is, yeah, it is definitely worth looking into that with Calendly. There's another subreddit I hopped on. It's Podcast Guest, Guest Exchange. I responded to some the author I spoke to had posted looking for podcasts. And that's it's a great resource. But most of the time, if people are looking for podcasts on there, there's something they want to promote. Uh, and I found uh, a brand new podcast with no audience yet is he was really cool about it. And was like, I, I would I'd love to come on there anyway, because I'm trying to promote my book. I haven't done a whole lot of podcasts. And, you know, e- even if it's just, you know, getting experience, getting used to the digital connection and being on a show. So he was really cool about it. But I've posted my like. I, I don't know if you'd call it a funnel, but like, this is what I'm doing. I'm seeking any, really, any guests who can articulate their opinion and have a good conversation. Zero responses on that. It happens. And uh, I, I, I'm surprised at how much that happens, actually, because I feel like there are a lot of podcast podcasters who want guests. Yeah, I've had success in, there's the Facebook group. There's a few Facebook groups, actually, but the, the best one is, uh, in my humble opinion, is Podcasters Support Group. I think I might have joined that one last week. They are uh, heavy on the banhammer when it comes to spam. Um, heavy on the spam banhammer. Wow. But you're not spam. You're asking for, for a guest, and, and they're pretty good with that kind of stuff, so you will find people there. I feel like this. it used to be easier. There used to be a, a site, uh, and I, I think I talked about this on LinkedIn, actually, where I think I saw your message. There used to be a site, a uh, Google Doc, where people would fill in, I've got a new podcast, and it was really easy to find new guests, and that's how I fueled a lot of my podcast. And it, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how things go, because I think if you can try and start with that one one episode a week in terms of release, it will take a lot of the pressure off, and that, that pod fade especially. You're already going to be working on a fair bit ahead. If you're recording two or three episodes a week, then you are going to be light years ahead. But it's just remembering not to um, take that lead for granted too much. I mean, you, you will find the people, but try at this early stage and find as many as you can so that, that it gives you a little bit of breathing space. The One of the things that I tend to say to people is people enjoy talking about the things that they're passionate about, and that's why they do it. Those people who are just doing it, like those people who care that you're just starting out or, or don't yet have any listeners, aren't necessarily always going to be the greatest guests, because what they're there for is at odds with what you want them there for. And so when you find people who are enthusiastic about a topic, it, it doesn't really matter to them how many people are listening because they like talking about it. You know, if someone gets me on to talk about, I don't know, bare naked ladies on a podcast, I don't care if no one's listening because I'm doing that all day long. I'm quite happy with that. We're talking about the band or the concept? We are talking about the band. Okay. We are talking about the band. Bonus question. Should I schedule them one at a time or should I just dump some, dump a co like a few episodes into the initial launch so there's a little bit of meat to it? Everybody has an opinion about this and everybody says their opinion is the right one. I've done, I've taken a few approaches, but I, honestly, I, I'd say keep it simple. Just start with one. I speak to someone today and had a similar question and I launched a show with two episodes. It was canonically episode one and two, but they launched on the same day. And number two got listened to. Number one, I thought was a better episode and more interesting and more fun. And it got almost zero. And I really mean like very, very few. So that's only my experience but uh yeah i tend to think 
just start weekly because then you're setting the expectation nicely with with the listener rather than throwing a bunch of stuff and then saying now you've got to wait at least um yeah I'd, I'd i'd say go weekly you can always release a trailer and get people excited with a few other bits and pieces but yeah just go weekly i think you'll be fine this is one of those things where i could do it and do it but if i'm doing it wrong then it might take a minute to learn a better way whereas learning seo and you know, social media promotion that's you learn by doing it by repetition there are established patterns to follow and this is a little bit less right out in the open so where what should people look out for when it launches if they're hearing this before it goes out uh, what should people be be searching for uh, the title is opposition theory and the general concept is finding common ground through disagreement my thanks to Daniel for joining me on this episode. Uh, you can find out links to everything we chatted about at podcastownersmanual.com. And if you want to talk about anything that we brought up and see how it uh, relates to your own work, then drop me an email, mark at origin.fm. <laughs> <laughs>